Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are going to go ahead and bring our YouTube on in five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, YouTube. Thank you for watching and listening to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. I am your teacher, Brother Black Ice, and also with me, I have Team Truth Hour. And today's lesson is going to be who died and made you God? Who died and made you God? This is a message to the Roman Catholic Church. A message to the Roman Catholic Church. Church. Now, let me say up front, many of our brothers and sisters are Roman Catholic. We are not addressing you and we are not referring to you because you did not have a hand on the doctrine. You did not have a hand on putting together the changes that we see in the doctrine, brothers and sisters. So we are not addressing you, but we are addressing the doctrine that was placed to change the Lord's doctrine in what is called the Bible. And let's go ahead and read off the what we believe. And before we do that, let's send out an extra prayer, brothers and sisters, for our sister Margaret Cobb. Again, a special extra prayer for our sister Margaret Cobb. Our sister has been fighting, um, battling health issues for some time now. We want to um, let her know that we have not forgotten about her. This sister is an avid supporter of the Bible class Truth Hour. So we definitely appreciate our sister and we definitely are staying in prayer for our sister. Let's go ahead and read off, brothers and sisters, the what we believe. Again, the what we believe. And then we can go ahead and get right into our lesson. And the reason why we read this is because we want people to know what our foundation is. Again, what our foundation is. Okay. So let's go here. The Bible Class Truth Hour is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. What we believe, number one, we believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with the use of the other names or or languages that Jesus's name came in. If you want to use the Hebrew, Yahshua. If you want to use the Latin, Isus. If you want to use whatever language that you want to use, that's totally fine and up to you. But we here on the Bible Class Truth Hour 
our preference is the English version. You may hear me um, throughout the show say Yeshua as well, because I'm appealing to two different audiences that are watching this show. Our Hebrew brothers and sisters, or Israelite brothers and sisters, and our Christian brothers and sisters, who many are Israelites themselves, they just don't know, because Israelite is not a religion, it is a nationality. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday down to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the earth through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and all the Lord's statutes, laws and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. No pork, no shrimp, no lobster, no catfish or anything that Leviticus, the 11th chapter, deems to be unpermissible to those who are followers of Jesus Christ or who are professed Christians. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar alone. You must be both. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. And we know most of our brothers and sisters go to church on Sunday. And that was a tradition that was passed down to us. And that tradition began again with the Roman Catholic Church under Constantine. But the Lord said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The Sabbath day is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. When you get into Saturday sundown, that starts Sunday, which is the first day of the week. So we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath. No, there's no such thing. That's just like calling the first day of the week the seventh day of the week. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. The Bible does not support that. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. It only speaks of two being in the Godhead, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Other than those two, there is no other that is in the Godhead, brothers and sisters. Are there three that bear record in heaven? Yes, there's three that bear record. But all three are not in the Godhead. So learn the difference, brothers and sisters. We don't believe in the cross or any religious images. We don't believe in any holiday that originated in the worship of a false god or an idol god, such as Christmas, such as Easter, such as New Year's Day, and any and other holiday that began or originated with the worship of a false idol God. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality, Revelation 7 and 9. Brothers and sisters, welcome to this edition of the Truth Hour, Who Died and Made You God. Let's get straight into our lesson. Now, some time ago, or some months back, the Pope issued a decree for the Lord's Prayer to be changed. He had a problem with the words, lead us not into temptation being used. The question we must ask ourselves is, does God approve of man changing his word? Again, we spoke earlier. It was not only the Lord's Prayer. It was also the Ten Commandments that if you open up a 
Roman Catholic Bible. The Ten Commandments in it does not match up with the Ten Commandments in this, brothers and sisters. This is the King James Version of the Bible. And they left intentionally the commandments about having no images out of it. They left loose language about a Sabbath day in it. Brothers and sisters, who died and made you God? We will search the word of God to see if he's given permission or provision for man to change his word. We will also see if there's a penalty for changing God's word. All we ask from you who are watching and listening this evening is to have an open mind. The Bible and God is no respecter of persons, meaning even if you are the Pope or some big time religious leader, same word that applies to you and I applies to them. Get ready for today's lesson, brothers and sisters. Who died and made you God? Who gave the Pope or the Roman Catholic Church permission to change God's word? Turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. Now, we understand that the word of God came first to our people, the Israelites. However, Later, God would reach and extend salvation to all nations on the earth, which includes the Gentiles. Now, we can find this in the book of Acts. When Peter was sent to Cornelius to teach and preach the gospel. Let's go to Acts, the 10th chapter. And we're going to start at verse 37. Acts, the 10th chapter. And we're going to start at verse 37. Through 39, and it reads, The word I say, you know, which was published throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's what the word Emmanuel means. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they slew and hang on a tree. Who they slew and hang on a tree. Well, Brother Black Eyes, I thought Jesus was nailed to a cross. Where did you get the wood from the cross from? You got it from a tree. So he was still hung on a tree, brothers and sisters. But we are openly saying, according to the word of God, that this man, Jesus, who did wonderful things while he was here, those 33 and a half years that he was here on this earth. Paul is saying that they were witnesses. They were witnesses of both what he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and they saw him being hung, right? But let's get into what we actually came here to look at. Let's go to verses 44 through 48, and let's read a little bit down. And it says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on 
all of them which heard the word. And I think I said Paul, um, and I misspoke. It's Peter speaking here. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Who are they from the circ circumcision? That's the Jews. As many as came with Peter because of the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So God is doing something here, brothers and sisters. God is making no respect of persons right here. If you keep my statutes, my laws and my commandments, whether you are an Israelite or not. I'm pouring out my Holy Spirit on you as he did this day with the Gentiles. For as they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name, in the name. What's the name? Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Now, we went out of order for a reason, because now we want you to back up to verses 34 and 35, and we want to show you something, brothers and sisters. And it says, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. What are we going to do with that, brothers and sisters? Because many of our Israelite brothers and sisters only believe that we as Israelites will be favored by God and that we will only receive salvation. But God here through the mouth of Peter says, in every nation, he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Let's continue our lesson and our journey. Who died and made you God? Let's go to the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. The book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We got to get a little bit more into this thing, brothers and sisters, because we have to gain understanding. Today, what matters to the Lord the most is who is going to keep his word. It doesn't matter. Again, what nation you belong to, what people you belong to. It doesn't matter whether you are the president or you are a homeless per person, brothers and sisters. That doesn't matter. What matters is, according to the word of God, is if you keep his word. Let's go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses four through six. And it reads, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Let's just stop there for a moment. How is it that we can have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and all these religions, all these different beliefs? Satan has come in amongst us to divide us. We can read you something from this book. 
And if it does not coincide with your personal belief and what you think God stands for, many of our brothers and sisters would be like, nah, I just don't believe that. I'm reading it to you. You ain't got to believe me. Just believe the words that are being read or that you are reading. It says at verse 5, Ephesians 4 and 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. How can the Father be in you all? Through the word, brothers and sisters. When the word of God is contained inside of you, which means that you have to educate yourself on the word of God. That's the way the father gets inside of you. He said, my words are spirit and they are true. So when you want the Holy Spirit, get that word because his words are holy and they are spirit. So when you begin to eat the word and consume the word and become one with the word, then you can have his Holy Spirit inside of you and I, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. The book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Now we got to get into this Lord's Prayer, brothers and sisters. Matthew, the sixth chapter. There's a whole lesson that we do on the Lord's Prayer alone. There's so much wisdom in the Lord's Prayer by itself that we could do a whole lesson just on the Lord's Prayer. But again, if the same thing applies to me, applies to you, then we have to analyze the issue that has just taken place. First, let's go to the Lord's Prayer. Let's read it. And then we'll go and analyze what the Pope was trying to say. Okay. Or what he was trying to change it to. Let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses nine through 13. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 9 through 13. Give you a moment to get there. Give you a moment to get there. And it reads, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters. This is what we have to analyze when it comes to the word of God. Lead us not into temptation. Why did the Pope have an issue or a problem with that? Because we're going to go into the word and we're going to look at examples of the Lord allowing someone to be led into temptation. The our father will test you, brothers and sisters, I, and I just want to get it right. Our father will test you. But sometimes he will take his hedge of protection from around you and allow Satan to tempt you. So 
This is, brothers and sisters, what the Pope changed the words to. Pope Francis has approved changes to the wording of the Lord's Prayer. Instead of saying, lead us not into temptation, it will now say, do not let us fall into temptation. Now, some of you all may say, well, black eyes, ain't that something similar to the same thing? And, you know, why is that such a big deal? Or why is that such a big difference? Um, man. So let's analyze this, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the word of God and look at some examples, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the word of God and we got to look at some examples. Now, let me say this. According to the Bible, Jesus taught the words to his disciples and then asked him, or they asked him how to pray. We just read the prayer, right? Now, let's go to Job, the first chapter. Let's go to Job, <clears throat> the first chapter, and we're going to read verses 6 through 12, Job, the first chapter, verses 6 through 12. Now, many of our brothers and sisters are going through things right now. We, we spoke about it earlier. Many people in my family, including myself, we're dealing with the death right now of a loved one. Brother Messenger's going through some things. Sister Margaret Cobb is going through some things. You and I are going through things in our everyday lives. We're being tested by God. We're being tempted by Satan. I want to show you something. Let's go to the book of Job. And those of you who follow the Bible class Truth Hour may be aware of this. However, I want to deal with something and make it plain, something that many of you all may not have caught before. Let's go to Job, the first chapter. We're going to go verses 6 through 12. Job 1, 6 through 12. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Satan, brothers and sisters, have to give report. Every angel, whether he's fallen or not, are messenger angels. They are servants of God. So just like righteous angels have to report to God, the fallen angels and Satan also have to report to God, brothers and sisters. It says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, where are you coming from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear you for nothing? Has not, has not, have you not made a hedge of protection about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? 
You have blessed the work of his hands and the substance is increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he had and he will curse you to your face. So Satan is trying to tempt God to do these things to Job. The Lord comes back and he says, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hands, is in your power. All that he has is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So there's a couple of things going on here. Satan is trying to move God against Job. And the Lord is saying, okay, I'll move my protection from around him and his protections and, and, and his possessions. And now Satan can lead him into temptation. What is he tempting Job to do? Well, he said it, to curse God to his face. Let's, let's, let's read on a little bit more. We won't get so much into the story, but we'll come back to that in a moment. Let's go to the book of Matthew and read another example. And you know the story of Job. Job didn't do it. Matter of fact, before we go anywhere, Sister Keith, let's show the people who Satan tried to use. The closest person to him. Remember, Satan's job was to tempt Job to curse God to his face. Let's look at what Job's wife said. And let's show you whose words these were that Job's wife, wife said. Right? Now, so... This is Job 2 and 7 through 9. So when Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot and to his crown. Now he had already killed all of his sons, his daughters, his cattle, his homes, his possessions. Now he's striking his health. Now, many of us have health problems that we're dealing with. And when we have those health problems, we get angry sometimes. And through that anger, Satan tries to get us to curse God. But check this out. Verse eight. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, then said, <clears throat> then said his wife unto him. Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Curse God and die. Isn't that what Satan told God that Job would do if he removed the heads of protection from around him? Wasn't that the goal? To tempt Job and to cursing God to his face. He tried to tempt him with the loss of his children. He tried to tempt him with the loss of his riches and his possessions. And then he sent his wife to tempt him. But look at Job and what he said at Job 2 and 10. But he said unto her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. What? Should we receive good at the hand of God and shall not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. But he was led into temptation. He was led to be tempted to do that. Let's look at another person who was led, brothers and sisters, who was led to be tempted. Let's go to Matthew, the fourth chapter. 
verses 1 through 4. Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 4. The Lord will test you and will allow Satan to tempt you, brothers and sisters. You can't say that you love God and that you know God and not expect to be tested and not expect to be tempted. I'm going to say that again. You can't say that you know God and that you love God and not be expected to be tested or to be tempted. Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses one through four. Then was Jesus led. Then was Jesus led. Lead us not into temptation. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Matthew 4 and 1 again. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, is it not written? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is why this is so important, brothers and sisters. We are hanging on what we personally feel, what we personally think. Well, I just think God. Well, I just feel God. It's not about what we feel and what we think. It's about every word. Read the word and you ain't got to think. Read the word and you ain't got to feel. You ain't got to lean on your own understanding when you read the word, brothers and sisters. Let's go to verse seven. And it reads. Jesus said unto him, is it written again that you shall not tempt the Lord your God? This was after the second time that Satan had tempted him. Throw yourself off the cliff. And if you be the son of God, the angels will come and rescue you. That was the second time. Let's go down to verses 10 and 11. And it reads, then said Jesus unto him. And this was the third time, brothers and sisters. OK, when he took him up to the mountain, he showed them all the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, hey, if you worship me, I'm going to give you all these kingdoms. Because it was given to me to give to whom I will. Jesus said unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord your God. Who's Satan's God? It's Jesus, brothers and sisters. Jesus said, you shall, uh, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Satan is a servant angel who can't do anything without Jesus's permission, brothers and sisters. Well, then, well, then why, 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 why is he allow Satan to do so many things? Prophecy has to be fulfilled. There must be beings and people that make sure that prophecy is fulfilled. Somebody had to be Judas. Somebody had to be King Herod. Somebody has to be the Antichrist, the false prophet. Somebody has to play that role, brothers and sisters. 
There has to be a church from which the Antichrist comes from. It's prophetic. You can't fight against prophecy and you cannot change prophecy. So let's go ahead and move forward, brothers and sisters. Let's go into the book of 2 Corinthians. If God let Job, led Job into temptation, and if he led Jesus into temptation, why would we be exempt? This is why Jesus included in his prayer that we ask the Lord to lead us not into temptation. This is why it is so important to read the word of God and learn, brothers and sisters. And as I said previously, not lean to your own understanding. Let's go to the book and read about another example. Second Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 6 through 10. Second Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 6 through 10. And it, and it reads, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he see me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. So just when you think that you are more than you really are. God will allow trouble to come into your life. Just when you think you got it going on and you didn't forget about God. Here comes hell waiting at the door. Here comes family members. Here comes co-workers and here comes financial problems and here comes a bad health report. At verse Seven, he said, at least, at, at, at least I should be exalted above measure. Through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might be taken away from me, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glorify in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This means, brothers and sisters, that when you are at your weakest, when certain things has happened to you in your life that you have no control over, that when you are can, can completely broken and, 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 and broken down, can you trust God in those type of situations to know that he has never left you? He would never leave your side if you call on him. But sometimes we get in our own way. Brothers and sisters, it says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Whenever I'm going through something, I take pleasure in those things and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. People are watching you, brothers and sisters. 
They're watching you go through hell. They're trying to see how you handle it. You talk about God. You say you love God. You mention his titles, his name. But we do so much complaining. We do so much talking about what other people are doing. When we should know better, we should know that God is working behind the scenes and whatever we're going through is what he is allowing us to go through in order for us to get to where he wants us to be. So don't run from your problems. It is necessary that you go through the fire, brothers and sisters. Fire does two things. It either destroys or it purifies if you can make it through this fire. If you can make it through this struggle that you're going through right now, brothers and sisters. It is going to do nothing but purify you. It's going to chip those rough edges that 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 you came through the fire with. And it's going to give you a testimony. That test is going to give you a testimony and that mess is going to give you a message. But can we look at it? As if the glass is half full instead of half empty. Let's go to the book of First Peter. First Peter, the first chapter. If God didn't allow some of us to be tempted, we would really think that we are holier than thou. How many times have you said, I would never do this or I would never do that or I wouldn't do what they doing over there. And you found yourself doing the same thing when you were in the same situation. How many children looked at an alcoholic or a hype or drug addict and laughed at them when they were walking to school and said, that'll never be me and ended up just like them in the same situation. You not, uh, uh, hypes are not born, drug addicts are not born at 30 and 40 years old. No, they come from a baby just like you and I come from. And something happens during the course of our lives that tempts us to start getting involved in those things. But as children, we laughed, we mocked. They were dirty. They were begging for money on the corner. They were standing outside of the liquor store. We laughed at them when we was walking to school. But some of us, turned out to be just like them, brothers and sisters. Life is real. And depending on what you're going through, brothers and sisters, it will test your faith. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. 1 Peter 1 and 3 through 9. 1 Peter 1 and 3 through 9. And it reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to the abundant mercy has begotten us again unto lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Brothers and sisters. Who died? And made you God. 
Well, if we are to become joint heirs with Christ and Christ is God, then when we become joint heirs with them, him, then what do we become? We become God as well. We become a part of the Godhead, I mean the God family, brothers and sisters. We become a God part of the God family. Joint heirs with Christ. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if the word is God and he inherited that Godship from his father, then when we become joint heirs with him, then what do we become? We become God, brothers and sisters. But not while we here on earth. Who died and made you God while you here on earth? Still in this flesh and blood body. Enough to change the word of God to what you feel it should say. Verse five, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice through now for season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. You're going to be heavy through these temptations that have come upon you, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, we got to walk this thing. We got to continue on with this thing. And again, this is not the first time that the Roman Catholic hierarchy or church tried to change God's word and his days and his years. Now, here we are, brothers and sisters. We're coming up right now on God's New Year's Day. Well, what do you mean, Brother Black Ice? I thought New Year's Day was January the 1st. It was the Roman Catholic Church that changed that, brothers and sisters, through Constantine. Again, they had a God that they wanted to worship. And that God's name was Janus. This is that God Janus, brothers and sisters. This is where your month January was named after the Roman God Janus. Looking forward and behind. So they said, you know what? We're going to change the beginning of the year to January the 1st. Forget what the Lord said, because the Lord said 14 days in the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. 14 days in the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. So I'm basing it off of this right here. Okay? So if the Passover falls March 27th at sundown then 14 days before March 27th is March 13th at sundown the Lord's New Year's Day how many Christians or so-called followers of Jesus are going to be in church on the Lord's New Year's Day bringing in the Lord's New Year in church they don't even know, brothers and sisters. It shows you, it goes to show you how powerful 
falsehood and false teaching and false doctrine is. Any word that begins with D-E-C means 10. A decathlon is 10 races. A decade is 10 years. Decimal point is rounding to the nearest 10th. Why is it that when we get to December, D-E-C, all of a sudden it means 12? Somebody has lied to you. Any word that begins with O-C-T means eight. An octagon has eight sides. An octopus has eight tentacles. But when we get to the month of October, O-C-T, someone all of a sudden changes it to represent 10. Somebody has lied to you, brothers and sisters. And what we're saying is who died and made you God? Let's go to the book of Revelations, the first chapter. The book of Revelation is the first chapter. And we're going to go to one and then 17. We're going to go to one, then 17. Revelations, the first chapter. And let's see where we're going to go. I don't know if this is where I want to go, Sister Key. Let me see. We'll come back to that one. That didn't look right to me. Maybe you can try to find out. Let me see. You say you believe in Jesus. You see, revelation regarding to the system. We'll come back to that, brothers and sisters. Um, I thought that I had, and you can look that look that up, Sister Key, to see where I was trying to go um, with that. But we'll come back to it later. Oh, Romans, the 17th chapter. There we go. Romans, the 17th chapter. And we're going to we're going to go there. But I want to read a couple of things to you based on the Wikipedia. It says. Colors have been part of the uh, clergy since the beginning of the church, according to Father Michael Witzak, associate professor at the liturgical studies uh, at Catholic University in Washington and past president of North American Academy um, uh, liturgy, liturgy, the colors, each with its own significance, emerged out of the fact that people like variety and the origin of colors are rooted in the meaning of an individual season. So now we get into the colors of the Catholic Church. All right. The first person to um, systematized the Roman Catholic color scheme was Pope Innocent III. Pontiff from um, 1198 to 1216, who named four liturgical colors, white, red, black, and green. The exact shade depended on what dyes were available at that time, and names for colors could differ, said Father Witzak. The current six um, liturgical colors, which include rose, violet, or purple, were codified in 1570 with the um, promulgation of the Roman Missi after the Council of Trent. Gold and silver are allowed on special occasions. There was a time when the Romans, brothers and sisters, killed up to 500 Jews a day in 70 AD. All roads lead back to Rome. 
And Jesus, through revelation, was trying to tell us that the whole world at some point would be drunk off of Roman influence. Now, the reason why I brought up the colors of violet or purple, uh, which was the other colors, gold and silver, rose or red, is because Jesus, in the word of God, in the book of Revelations, pointed out these symbols to show us where to look at and who to look to where false doctrine will come from, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Revelation 17, 4 through 8. Revelation 17, 4 through 8. And it reads, And the woman was arrayed in purple. What? And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. It's calling out the colors, brothers and sisters. And the angel said unto me, wherefore, why did you marvel? I would tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which have the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they beheld the beast that was and is not and yet is. Brothers and sisters, who is the beast that the Bible is referring to? What nation, what church is the Bible referring to, brothers and sisters? The same one that continues to change God's word, that continue to change his days, that continue to change the months of the year and the calendar. It all comes from Rome, brothers and sisters. Who died and made you God? Let's go to Romans 17 and 9. Romans 17 and 9. And here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. What nation sits on seven hills, brothers and sisters? What nation sits on seven hills or seven mountains? Well, let's look at it, brothers and sisters, so that you can know this for yourself. Again, you can know this information for yourself. Let's look at it real quick. There is one nation on this earth that sits on seven hills or seven mountains. Let me show it to you, brothers and sisters, so you'll know it. And then once I show it to you, what we'll do at that point is read what the mountains are. The seven hills of Rome. 
Verse 10 again. Verse 11 again. And the beast that you saw, and the beast that was and is not, even is he the eighth and is of the seventh and goeth into perdition. Verse 9, and here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Brothers and sisters, we know this information. This is why we're sharing with you the information that we have. The brothers and sisters who are watching live in the feed is putting up the answer for you. But what you have to figure out is what originated from Rome from a religious perspective to a world perspective what originated from this nation what are you and I following that originated in Rome could it be Easter the goddess of fertility and God told us to have no other gods beside him, but we give our children Easter thinking that it is a, that it is, it is a religious holiday. And it is a holiday that originated in the worship of a false and an idol God. We're supposed to be memorializing the Passover and keeping the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. all the way to the seventh day. But our parents didn't give us that in the church. We didn't know nothing about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but they gave us Easter. Oh, Easter Sunday, we're going to go to church. Got us worshiping an idol and false god, going out in the backyard, Easter egg hunting, not realizing that this was a perverted activity that the Romans did where they would send naked women off somewhere to hide and the men could chase them to see if they can find them. And since a woman carries the egg, once they caught the woman, they could have sex with that woman because spring is a time of fertility. Esther or Easter is a fertility God. But we gave it to our children. Let's go Easter egg hunting. What does a rabbit have to do with Jesus? What does an Easter egg have to do with Jesus? How did you match those two together? Came from Rome, brothers and sisters. Don't give your children Easter this year. Do away with those pagan holidays, brothers and sisters, that originated in the worship of another God. Let's get ready to close this lesson out. Who died and made you God? The seven hills of Rome are the Aventil Hill, the Caulian Hill, Capitoline Hill, Esquiline Hill, Palatine Hill, Quinil Hill, and the Vinil Hill. The seven hills of Rome. These are the seven mountains on which the beast sit, brothers and sisters. Now, Let's go to the book of Micah. Let's go to the book of Micah. This is why we got it wrong today, brothers and sisters, because we are following the people and not the word of God. We are following the people 
and not the word of God. If you want to know what God's holy days are, the only days that according to God that you're supposed to be celebrating in his honor, go to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and read about the seven feast days of the Lord that he commanded us to keep. You're not going to find Christmas, not going to find New Year's Day. You're not going to find Easter. Those are man-made. And we could be good people. We could be church-going people. We could give to the homeless and feed the poor. But being a good person don't make you a righteous person in the eyes of God. What makes you a righteous person in the eyes of God is keeping his statutes, his laws, and his commandments. So if you want to um, be a righteous person in the eyes of God, you must keep the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Micah 3, 4 through 7. Micah 3, 4 through 7. And it reads, Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry, peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Therefore, night shall be upon unto you, that you shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark unto you, that you shall not divine, and the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed and the diviners or the diviners confounded. Yeah, they shall all cover their lips for there is no answer of God. But truly I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob or Israel his transgressions and to Israel his sin. So brothers and sisters, We've been following some misleading people. If the blind lead the blind, then we all fall in the ditch. Who gave the Pope of Rome the right to change the word of God? Who gave the Roman Catholic Church the right to change the Lord's Ten Commandments? And to take away from the word of God. If it wasn't for God, Or if it was not God, then it had to be Satan, brothers and sisters. Let this be an example to all of us who don't think that God knows how to do his job. He don't need no help, brothers and sisters. Let us close with the word of God and see how he feels about those who change his word. Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 4. And we're going to read verses one and two. See, brothers and sisters, we read both from the Old and the New Testament because there's no difference between the two. Same thing that's in the New Testament. You can find it in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy four, one through two. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you and do them that you may live. 
and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers gives you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. So here in the book of Deuteronomy, it's telling you not to add or take away from the word of God. Let's go down to verse 12, and it reads, And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only you heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments. And he wrote them down upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might do them in the land where you go over to possess it. Take you therefore good heed unto yourselves, for you saw no manner of similitude on that day that the Lord spake unto you in Horab up out of the midst of the fire, lest you corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image. See, that's why the Lord never showed himself during that time, because he said, hey, you'll start trying to make an image out of me. I don't want you making no image. It says, lest you corrupt yourselves and make you an graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. You walk in that Roman Catholic church, how many statues and images you going to see up in there? The likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that fly up in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth, unless you lift up your eyes unto heaven, and when you see us the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, should us be driven to worship them? No. And serve them? No. Which the Lord thy God have divided unto all nations under the whole heaven? But the Lord have taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance as you are this day. So, brothers and sisters, everything that the Lord told us not to do, the Roman Catholics church came back and said, oh, it's OK. Don't change my word. Oh, it's OK to change it. I gave you 10 commandments. Oh, it's okay. We can just do something else with it. Don't make no images. Oh, it's okay. We can make a little bit of images. So you're going to follow the pastor or you're going to follow the master? Again, are you going to follow the master or are you going to follow your pastor? Proverbs, the 30th chapter, verses 4 and 5. Proverbs, the 30th chapter, verses 4 and 5. We are coming down. We got two more places to go. This is one of the two. Proverbs, the 30th chapter, verses 4 and 5, and it read, Who has ascended up into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the winds in his fist? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If you can tell me, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And thou not, add thou not unto his words, add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Don't add, brothers and sisters, to the word of God. 
nor take away. It don't matter how you feel personally, what you think personally, what you've been told, what you've been taught, what's been passed down to you, what you heard somebody say. All that matters is what you can read. And if you can't read it, then do not believe it. Revelations 22, last place. Revelations 22, 18 and 19. Revelations 22, 18 and 19. And it reads, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecies of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we think that we have proven our ministry on tonight's Bible class, Truth Hour. Who died and made the Pope God? Who died and made any man God? To change his words, to change, to add to or to take away from his words. Jesus didn't die for that, brothers and sisters. Yeshua didn't die for that. But what he did die for is for us to have an opportunity to live a life of Christ so that once we're done with this life and once we are born again in the resurrection, that we may become God. And then we can answer the question truthfully, who died and made us God? None other than Jesus, the Christ, Yahshua. Thank you so much for your time. Brothers and sisters, at this time, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, which means that you will receive a text message right before we go on the air, then you can text your name and the keywords truth hour to 312-719-7310. Again, 312-719-7310. Also, brothers and sisters, if you would like to um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we need you to do just that, then go on YouTube and type in the words Truth Hour TV. Truth Hour TV. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. For those who are watching on YouTube, please go to Facebook if you have a Facebook page. And like our Facebook page, which is The Truth Hour Bible Show. The Truth Hour Bible Show. At this time, brothers and sisters who are members of Team Truth Hour, and again, we welcome Sister Monica. At this time, you can put Team Truth Hour in the comment section. If you would like to become a part of our online Bible-based ministry, has nothing to do with where you go to your house of worship, your church, your camp, your temple. If you would like to become a part of Team Truth Hour, then you can reach out 
to your brother Black Ice or anyone who puts in the comment section team Truth Hour. Brothers and sisters, this is, um, according to this country, National Women's Month. And so we are working on a lesson specific for our sisters called the Women of Faith. So look forward to that lesson, which is coming up this month in the month of March. And other than that, brothers and sisters, I think that will include all of our announcements. Again, continue to pray for Sister Margaret Cobb. Continue to pray for my family. Continue to pray for Brother Messenger and all of our brothers and sisters who are experiencing losses in their family, who are experiencing health problems and other issues that are going on in their life. With that being said, brothers and sisters, we're going to go ahead and close out. Stand up, face Jerusalem, and um, pray out. Until next time. Father God in heaven, we come before you, Father God, and we say thank you, Father God. Thank you for another powerful lesson on tonight's Bible class, Truth Hour, Father God. Father God, know, Father God, that in our heart, in our purity, we mean no harm to anyone, Father God. But we have a desire to teach our people your word and what thus saith the word, um, what thus saith the Lord in your word, Father God. So allow these words that were spoken tonight and the scriptures and the word that was read tonight to reach your people, Father God. Let them remove any type of defense mechanism that they have against what was said tonight. If it was something that was said that they didn't like, Father God, or the way that it was being said, Father God, allow them to hear your word within that delivery, Father God. And if I be guilty of not delivering your word in a manner in which you would like for it to be delivered, Father God, I am asking for your forgiveness in that as well, Father God. Continue to work on me, Team Truth Hour, and those truth seekers who watch this Bible class every Tuesday, Father God, so that we may go forth, bringing more people to your son, Jesus, who in return will bring them to you, Father God. You said, Father God, that Jesus would not lose one whom you have sent to them, to him, Father God. Let us be among those whom you have sent to your son, Father God, who he will not lose, Father God. We pray this prayer in your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. <clears throat> Again, brothers and sisters, we thank you for watching another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour into next Tuesday. Peace and blessing in Jesus' name.
Angeline. Hey, uh, how are you? I'm not right. I'm alright. You must be on the phone. Right. It's been a long time since my feelings have been hurt. I, I, I can't remember a time as an adult that my feelings have been hurt. Uh, but I'm trying to analyze where I went wrong, you know, and uh, so, right, so, um, you know, I was just going to go to the funeral, but I have been talking to Craig back and forth, you know, this is something that hits hard to me because of me, you know what I'm saying, it's, you know, right, so, we have been talking, he had said, hey, I want you to do a poem at the funeral, hey, I need a favor, you know, I want you to do a poem at the funeral, I said, all right, cool. So, Monday, you know, they asked me, if huh? No, I said he wanted me to do a poem at the funeral. Right, he wanted me to do a poem at the funeral. Right. So, um, I was asked to do overtime Monday. And I decided not to because I wanted to go and be there with Craig and be, you know, be there with him to support him. So I got there and, um, you know, we embraced, we hugged each other. I probably, I probably haven't seen Craig in 10 years, probably. So. Right. And so, right. And so um, we're talking and everything. He's like, man, I hate that you and I share this type of thing, you know, both losing our sons and everything. So we're, you know, talking. So as everyone is coming in, it's such a despair type of situation. You know, people don't know what to say. They're crying, you know, a little bit. You know, some of the women are crying. Um, people are just standing around but not saying So, I said, you know, right, this was at the visitation. And so, you know, I, I um, offered a word of encouragement, you know, and I said, you know, as difficult as this is that we're dealing with today, we still must trust God, you know, and know that God is still comforting us with this word. You know, I said a couple of words, you know. Craig left out. Now, maybe I should have asked him, you know, but I didn't mean anything wrong, you know what I'm saying? So he left out. And when he came back to the door, he motioned for me to come to him. And he brought me outside. He was like, What was that? Nobody asked you to do that. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? So I said, I apologize, uh, cousin. I said, I was just trying to comfort the people who were there. I said, You know, it was such, uh, you know, uh, a somber, you know, people didn't know what to say, you know. So he was like, still, man, nobody asked you to do that, man. You could just go, just leave, just go. Well, Craig is, Craig, Craig is a Muslim, but I asked him, I said, 
I said, is Adam, is it, is it going to be a Muslim funeral? Is it going to be, you know, a Christian funeral? He said, well, his mom is a Christian. And it's at a church. He said, so it's going to be a Christian funeral. He said, but I'm just ready for all of this stuff to be over. So I said, you know, okay. You know, because see, that was going to also inform me on how to do the poem for the funerals. You know, having that type of information. So clearly, Craig was the only Muslim that was there. Everybody else was, you know, So, uh, like I said, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was just speaking without permission or whatever it was, but I apologized to him. And I said, hey. Um, some people were saying amen. Some people, you know, were being comforted. But, you know, again, there were folks who, you know, were just holding each other that was crying or whatever. But when I saw Craig's wife kind of motion to me to stop because I guess she had seen Craig's reaction. I didn't see it because Craig was behind me at first until he walked past me to walk out. You know, and so then, you know, when she motioned for me to stop, then I stopped, you know. Basically, and then um, when I went outside, that's what he said. What he said he asked me to leave. I left. So I'm like, I texted him. You know, I said, hey, you know, because I really truly apologize. I should have asked you first. You know, what I'm saying I apologize for giving me He never responded. So I'm thinking all oh, day. I'm like, does he still want me to say what I'm supposed to say at the funeral? You know, do the poem at the funeral? You know, he hasn't, you know, responded to my text message or whatever. And I said, well. Even if I'm not going to do the poem at the funeral, I still would like to go and support you know, my family. So I was really prepared to go to the funeral and just to just sit down, you know, and just not to do anything. So when he saw me walking up the stairs, he got up out of his seat and he walked toward this is this is at the service. He got up out of his seat and he walked and met me at the door before I, you know, crossed the threshold. And he said, let me talk to you. And he walked me down. He said, you know, he said, not today, cuz, not today. He said, I know you probably meant well, but, but not today. I just appreciate it. Not, not today. You know, and that was his just way of saying, could you leave? So I left, you know. You know, it's, you know. <laughs> but you know, I love Craig. You know what I'm saying? I've always, you know, Craig, you know, is a big cousin. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one who, as a child, we went over their house to play with him, and though, you know what I'm saying? I've always looked up to Craig and admired him and those, you know, type of things. And you know, I know what how he felt about Uncle Paul and the stuff that they went through and everything like that. And, you know, I've always desired to have a relationship with that side of the family. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, even times when they didn't seem too approachable, I've always desired. You know, and I thought that maybe this was something that was going to, you know, make that connection. You know what I'm saying? But after, you know, the way I felt he treated me, and I understand, you know, it's hurt. You lost your son. You know, only you hold that against me. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was still very hurtful. Yeah.
Right. And I and, and I would like to know too because I don't ever want to you know experience that again. You know. No. 
somebody and maybe I'll get it that way you know once you tell somebody they'll say well what, well what Craig said is that you know but you know what I gather from it is that maybe I should have asked them you know before I said something you know Around, 
Now his mother was Melissa, right? Right. Now I remember her. So I wonder if I can um, reach her and apologize uh, to her. And uh, right. Well, and, and I, you know, I want to say to her, hey, look, if I offended, you know, you in any way, I want to. You know, say I apologize. That was not my intent. I just wanted to give a word of encouragement. You know, as a minister, you know, give a word of encouragement. Um, but right, okay. Right.
heard about it, we were coming from back from Jamaica, and uh, it just tore me up, you know what I'm saying, it's like, here's another family member who lost a child, you know, due to some crazy, you know what I'm saying, and it's like, I felt so much for him, for that loss, you know, uh, right, you know, man, that really messed me up. Yeah, I understand. I do. So and then and then you know I was talking to some friends of mine earlier and I was like, you know, someone was like, well, you shouldn't go to the funeral. I was like, but that's still my family. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to speak. They were saying for you to not go because. Now Right. You know, because I'm like, I just want to support my family. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be there. I don't care if I'm just sitting, just looking. They see that I'm there, that I'm present, you know, because I got um, I got a text message from Chrissy, uh, Timmy's daughter. Yeah. And she was like, uh, cousin, where you at? You running late? <laughs> I said, no, I came. <laughs> You know, I was asked to leave, and she's like, "Well, we'll talk." You know. Yeah. And I think that uh, Gloria was there when all this happened last night. So okay. I got to talk to her. Um, I barely recognized her because she put on maybe like sixty pounds. Okay, that's a lot. Okay, I would not have recognized. It would have taken me a minute. And, and then, and then the mask too. You know, I'm like, that looks like Gloria. And then yeah. you know what I'm saying? So. Uh, I'm gonna have to text her and kind of get her feedback as to what she thought happened. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but no, I I totally understand where you're coming from, and and I it just seems very much out of the blue. I mean, I I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, I don't. I just don't see how you did anything wrong. That's all. Yeah. 
And then mama was like, you know, maybe because he's a Muslim and, you know, maybe, you know, he didn't appreciate, you know, you talking about God or something. I was like, well, mama, it was a Christian. You know, he openly told me that it was going to be a Christian service. So, you know, he said, well, his mother is a Christian. She goes to church. I'm assuming everybody that was there other than him were pretty much that. But I don't know. You know, you, you could assume anything. Right. Because you don't know. Right. Yeah. But even still, I felt that that reaction was too visceral and over the top. And granted, yes, he stressed out. He was mourning and all of that. But that felt too heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, don't um, try to let it go uh-huh. or, or, or put it over to the side so you can get a little bit more information to then process it. Right. And, and I'm thinking like, you know, what is Annette and Carr and Phil going to think of me? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, especially just hear, hearing his side. Of the story, and I don't even even know what his side is, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, you know. Oh, I can call Phil and ask her. Yeah. Yeah, her and I have that type of relationship too. Yeah, yeah, she'll tell you. Yeah, she'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, she'll she'll break it down. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of knew. you know, Michael Body was not going to be there because they never really. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. It, it's like, you know, why are you faulting him and penalizing him for something your father did? Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I've never, and not to sound naive, but I just never understood that, you know? Right. And he's always desired to have a relationship, you know, Absolutely. With them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, what happened, he didn't do it. Right. Your father did. So if you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at Uncle Carl. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) Now, Uncle Carl had two children by the same lady? So it was Michael Body and his sister, right? Uh, Yes, that we know of. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there could be some others up in there. Right. And so all this was why, while, was, what was her name? Elvira? Um, El, Elmira. 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 All this was while she was still alive? And, yeah, and, and ill, yeah. And ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, you know, it. Uncle Carl did that. Right. Those children did not do that. Right. Just saying. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, you know. And he's, wait wait a minute, he's older than Craig, right? Who? Michael Body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think he's, uh, I think here. Along with Annette, maybe he might be. Yeah, he might be along Annette's age or a little older than Annette. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he's older than Annette. 
Because mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Monica might be around like me and Marsha's age, so and she's younger, so yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tomorrow will be day three, so it'll be probably a little bit easier. I'm, you know, glad I didn't have to work today. I, had, you know, took off to be at the funeral, but it did give me time to kind of like, you know, process thing a little bit more. But I'm still processing from last night, from exactly. last night when this exactly. happened today. Right. <laughs> you know? right, right, right. So I'm, you know, I'm just wondering if I would have made it actually inside of the church, and he would have saw me inside of the church. Would it been a scene? Would he would have, you know? If you just if I was just sitting down, or if they called my name, I you know I think you said they called my name. Your name is on the program, right? Uh-huh. And so, um, uh, you know, the, I think uh, the guy had said, you know, so and so is going to speak, and then we'll hear, you know, a phone from Tony Hall or something like that. And uh, I think you were after Bill, I think, or something or another. Okay. Um, and then when it was your turn, he said, "Oh, I'm being told he's about five minutes." Late, so you know I'm gonna talk. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, Car sent me a text, and she said, "Did he say Tony's gonna be five minutes late?" I said, "Yeah, he did say that." I said, "You know that happens. It's, it's not terribly out of line for Tony to be running behind. <laughs> you know what I mean?" Right. Um, oh, I was then, there at eleven. And then you know, and then mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And then she had said, did I miss something or blah, blah, blah. And I said, I don't know. I said, because I got distracted. I am I am literally at work. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And so I have to Zoom kind of minimize, mm-hmm. you know, out the window where I can kind of peek over. But I'm, you know, I'm, I literally am working. So my attention isn't 100%, you know. Right. Um, and then she said, I don't think he's going to speak. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. 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 So, yeah. all right. So you, uh, what time is it? 8.45. Mm-hmm. You going to call Phil, or are you going to wait? I'm going to call her. I'll text her first. Okay. And I'll say, hey, cousin, are you available? Yeah. Her number hasn't changed, right? Who is he, I mean? he staying with? Her. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I, you know, Humphrey's not going to come here and not stay with his mother. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. No, I'm saying who's Craig staying with? That's what I was asking. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I'd be, be at a hotel. Okay. Yeah, because I know he's not. He's definitely not at the Nets. Uh, no, I think only has two bedrooms. Okay, and her number hasn't changed, right? It's still the same. I believe so. Yeah. Okay, I just yeah. I just texted her. Uh, I don't think he'd be staying with Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Did Craig bring his daughter and the baby up here? Yeah. Uh huh. They're probably in a hotel. Yeah. 
and I think he's going to try to get full custody. Because um, actually, I think that baby may have spent maybe a month, if that long, with the, with his mother. I don't think he spent that any time at all. Right. So, you know, I want to. I know it sounds crass, but it's like you've got an infant, and you just like let that infant go away with some people you sort of really kind of don't know, and you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not sure you deserve this child, you know? Right. She haven't answered the text. I don't know if it's too late or not. I got a uh, ninety-one fifty-two for her number. Let me see. What do I have? Now I will say sometimes she is horrible on text. Sometimes she responds right away. Uh, sometimes she never responds. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's days later. Um, it just kind of depends, you know. Right. She could be on the phone. Um, could be distracted, not looked. It could be anything. Uh, let's see. I have nine one five two. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's the same thing. Okay. So well. Don't, I mean, if she doesn't respond, don't read anything into that. Oh no. Uh uh. Yeah, I won't. Now, did you see Carla last night? No. Uh uh. I know she was there because she had called to ask if I was coming or something or that, and I told her I wasn't, but I didn't. Right. Uh. Hey, I didn't feel comfortable in there. I said, and I think whatever time I talked to her, it was pretty late. I said, I literally just stopped working like 15 minutes ago. So I think I, when I talked to her, it may have been like 7 or after see. 7. Yep, um, so I uh, I left there sometime in the 6 o'clock hour, like uh, maybe about like 6.40. Okay. Because I got there at 6. Relax my mind. And, uh, as much as you can, try to yeah. try to compartmentalize that. Right. And put it aside, because otherwise you're not going to sleep tonight, and that's not going to really do you any good. All right. I haven't even told Toy yet. It's <laughs> like I just, you know. <laughs> not even well. Have you guys seen each other? <laughs> yeah, we have, but you know, like I said, I had to, you know, you know. Well, I, I just I, I didn't even want her to really uh, see me, <laughs> you know, in that emotional state, you know, because it was just, you know, it was just. Uh, it no, it's too hurtful. Yeah, yeah, it's too hurtful, and you know, yeah, you know, because you know she's gonna want to talk about it in detail, and I just think too I wasn't <laughs> ready to really talk talk about it, you know. <laughs> right, right. 
Well, what did you do? Well, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a part of it will be, you know, someone else's take on it. You know what I mean? So yeah. This, um, someone who, like a Phil, who would, who knows Craig and knows right. you. Right. Um, and then it couldn't hurt for somebody who ain't in it. But then, you know, what did they see or what was their take on that? Did they feel it was odd? I don't But see, the other thing, too, is I mean, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody grows up differently, but generations are different. Um, so, you know, I mean, I've unfortunately been to a lot of funerals, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that happens as you get older. And I guess it also too depends on what type of family you're in, you know what I mean? Because I run into people who are older than me only been to a couple of funerals in their whole life and that's but um, I I guess what I'm getting at is certain things don't necessarily seem out of place to me I guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and that's one of the reasons why I really at some point would like to talk to Melissa you know so this is somebody that you know is not a part of the Hawthorne family you know what I'm saying to Kind of. Right. Right. You know. So you know what I'm saying. And it's like if she felt the same way Craig felt, then she, you know, be more likely to say, "Well, Tony, you know, I just felt or whatever." And then you know, I can understand. You know, because right now I just just don't understand. I just don't understand. Right. Right. Now, when you got up, you you introduced yourself. Yes, I did. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I said I said that I was Craig, Craig's cousin, and I said that Craig and I were just speaking. I said because I've been here, you know, um, I buried my son. You know what I'm saying? So I was showing them the parallel of someone who can identify with this type of situation and how hard it was for me to deal with it, but with God's help, you know, with trusting in Him, with keeping my faith in Him, you know. Um, um, it's helping me to cope and deal with it better. You know what I'm saying? I was going from that perspective. Right. But in, but even even within that and within that context, how can someone be upset about that? Mm-hmm. Because you are talking about your experience, which genuinely um, did relate, does relate to current situation. Right. You know, unless he felt, you know, oh, why is he talking about himself? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But then right. that's the case and you want to take it that way, you know, when you listen to ministers, you know what I mean? Like that minister today, I'm like, okay, where, where's, I'm lost here. What's happening? You know what I mean? Like, right. what is he talking about? And it took him forever to bring it around. To you get know to the I mean? point, right. I kind of lost it, lost it because I'm like, I don't understand. You know, it took him too long. You know what I mean? And he it was like, okay, he went all the way to Africa. And, you know, then he went to you know, Alaska. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, like, I'm trying to stay with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm missing a point. Right. Uh, and it just it felt way out of line. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, he brought it back around, but still. So I guess what I'm getting at is if someone tries to infer, <laughs> you know, that. We're talking about you, and it was all about 
you, then mm-hmm. you should be living at that minister at his own church who was, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. At least what you were saying really did relate to the situation versus what that minister was saying. So, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But yeah. Um, I will probably see 855. That's 955. I'll call Carr some point in time tomorrow. Okay. So I said, okay, now explain to me what the dealio was. (laughs) And uh, and then here, wherever she heard that from. Right. Was Phil there last night? Do you recall? No, she wasn't there. Uh, the only only people only people that I saw from our family was Gloria and myself. That means she heard it from somebody somewhere. She heard it from Greg. Right. Yeah. So then that will be his take. Right, straight from the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll call her like late morning. After I don't know. I have to look and see what meeting I had to get. Yeah. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Is that lead meeting? Then I'll call her mid afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me know. Yeah. I, I, I really, you know, but at the in a, at the same time, I will definitely pray for peace and comfort. It's it's just, uh, well, you know, I've said it several times tonight. You know what I'm saying? It just it just bothers my spirit. Of course, That's absolutely. Right. And 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 what I say to you. Because mm-hmm. I know not everybody can is compartmentalize that yeah. so that you can function and then address it when you get more information or process it. Actually, is the better word. Right. When you get more intel. <laughs> right. Because otherwise, you'll just spend all night. You know what I mean? Right. And that's not that's not gonna do anything. Right. Except that's true. Two hours make it worse. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Uh, but other than all of this, you're fine. <laughs> everything, everything was, everything was going great. I just won the Chicago Music Awards again, and thank you. And and I've just had two celebrations. You know, they celebrated me at my job. Everything's been going so well. That's what happened at the job. Why are you getting celebrated? What you do? Oh, um, one was the award, but the other one was my 28 year anniversary. So. Yeah, so you know, we had food, we had, you know what I'm saying, they bought cake, you know. Congratulations. Yeah, well, you know, we all at the hospital, so <laughs> speaking of which, are you getting a shot? Nah. Uh-uh. I'm gonna wait and see what the reaction is from um what the percentage of black people, what the reactions are from them, uh, maybe a year from now. And they probably will try to make it mandatory for us at the hospital though, eventually. Yeah. But um, I think with our people, the issue has always been with vaccines is that because we're so vitamin D deficient mm-hmm. uh, with the melanin that we have and because we've had a history of uh, hypertension and diabetes that these vaccines have affected us differently. But because this is basically when you're taking a vaccine, you're volunteering yourself for a case study for them to to track you for two years because they have to see 
you know, they need millions of people to take this in order to find out what effects this will have on people. So, you know, what right. people, right. But at the same time, too, well, for two of them, mm-hmm. um, it's a whole new process. Right. Uh, I am going to go ahead and get the vaccine, except I don't want the Pfizer one or the Moderna one. I want the Johnson Johnson one. Right. Um, and the reason why is, A, it's one shot. I was listening to a scientist and she said that the um, media is pushing this or whoever's pushing it is is pushing this CDC or whoever as if um, black people need this more than, you know, and and some, some of the other races need this more than any other race. And she said, it's not a race thing. It's a, um, the comorbidity right the age you know for those who are at a certain age have certain preconditioned health issues she was like they're pushing which tend to be us which tend to be the well well, what she was saying was that i work next to black nurses who are 45 years old who have no no preconditioned health issues or anything like that so is it to say that they need this more than a white person at that same age with, you know what I'm saying? So she was like, it's not the, the she was like, it's the um, the person at the senior home that's 80 years old, that got heart problems, that got this, you know what I'm saying? She was uh, just saying that what the CDC says, you're more likely to suffer from the virus if you have certain issues already going on, you know, over the age, over the
foundation. You know, so just can't say these black people because there are certain well, countries in. There's a big difference. It's a mm -hmm. different country, it's a right. different lifestyle. Right. Um, you can't, she's got to be a little, I follow what she's saying. She's gotta be, I think she needs, it needs to be a little broader, that's all. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, as a matter of context, with don't show how serious they are about um, trying to make sure that. I mean, one of the things that everybody is concerned and afraid of is they don't want they don't want black and brown people to say that they did not have the opportunity to get vaccinated, mm. that they were pushed aside and left out. Gotcha. And so, and I know that they feel that way here, and my sense is that that most, mostly around the country, except for, you know, those states. Those states. Um, but to
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.